Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Paul wrote this book of Romans to the course of the church that was in Rome. They were Gentiles. And uh, he was teaching them, and he's going to teach them the difference between faith and works. In verse number one, he says, What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? Now, of course, for some, I probably need to to say very quickly that Abraham was the Old Testament saint in the book of Genesis. The Christian religion is traced back to Abraham and then on to God. The Judaism is traced back to Abraham and then on to God. Islam is traced back to Abraham and then on to God. Now they're not all true religions. Some have erred from the way. We are Christians. Christianity itself has forked off some into heir. But Abraham is, we all call Abraham our father. And it says, what shall we say then of Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh, as pertaining to his life? What can we find out? What did he find out? Then verse 2 says, For if Abraham were justified by works, now works is trying to do something in your flesh to please God. That's a work. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. If you could be justified before God because of your works, because of how good you are, because of how much money you give, because of you did this, you clothed this many children, or you helped this poor person, or whatever, then the glory would go to that work that you did and not to God. And verse 3, this is my life scripture. This is when I go somewhere and, and uh, a young man might come up or a young girl will come up and and uh, in a church, and asked me to sign their Bible. I, I sign it, Pastor Rick Bevins, and I write this verse down, Romans 4, 3, because this verse actually describes me. I want to know what the Scripture says about everything. For what saith the Scripture? I'm going to find my answer in the Scripture. I'm not going to find it anywhere else. So I'm going to find it in the Scripture. What does the Bible say about this issue? And then it says, Abraham believed God. Now that statement in itself, we can look at it and believe, say, well, Abraham believed God, but I'm going to hone in on that tonight. 
actually what those three words say there. Abraham believed God. And I'm going to challenge you tonight on your belief in God and your belief in what the scripture says. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. My life verse, I'm righteous tonight and stand before you righteous because I believe God. I believe the scripture. Verse four says, now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. Now grace is something that you receive that you don't deserve. So if you could work for your salvation and do more good things and put it on a scale and take your bad things and put it on the scale and if the scale went like this and the good works is heavier than you'd have salvation, then it's not of grace. But if you put your good works on a scale and your bad works on a scale and no bad works drop down like this, then the only way you can be saved is by the grace of God. That's grace. You receive something that you don't deserve. Now to him that worketh is the reward. The reward is salvation, an eternal home in heaven. Beulah land. The song that was sang tonight, and that may have been the best rendition of the Beulah land I've ever heard. Brother Drew, I sure enjoyed that. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckon of grace, but of debt. Otherwise, if you could work your way into heaven, then God would owe you a debt. Just like if you worked for, uh, went over to uh, <clears throat> Brother Blake's business and went to work for him and you worked 40 hours, he would actually be in debt to you for 40 hours of work and he'd have to pay you to get out of debt to you. And that's, if you got saved by your works, then your salvation would be because God owed you something. God doesn't owe us nothing. Verse 5. But to him that worketh not. But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Uh, again, I want you to look at that phrase, but believeth on him. Remember that phrase, Abraham believed God? And then here we, we see here in verse 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. And then we get this illustration, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Boy, it, and that's, David describes him. He describes him in uh, Psalms 32, verses 1 and 2, and he quotes it here. Paul quotes Psalms 32, verses 1 and 2 here. 
Verse 7 says, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. That's that scale with the bad things that drop down heavier. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And then we look at verse 9. Coming this blessedness. Cometh this blessedness. How does this blessedness come? Is this, and it's going to tell us how it cometh this blessedness. The blessedness is the man to whom God, the Lord, will imputeth not iniquity. That's quite a blessing that God would not impute sin upon you. Because you know the Bible teaches we're all sinners. And we're all going to do something wrong. Though we strive not to, we're still going to sin. But how blessed is that, that that sin is not imputed to you? Well, that verse 9 says, cometh that blessedness. Then upon the circumcision only, the circumcision is the Jewish religion. That's the Jews. And this is the question. Does it come upon the Jews only? Or upon the uncircumcision, that's the Gentiles, that's you and I also. Paul started out in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says that <clears throat> talking about that uh, to the Jews first and also to the Greek that we, faith is, is a, by face to faith is given to each person, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. So here we see this word also tying the, uh, again, the uncircumcision, that's you and I. Of course, circumcision was a Jewish rite, and it's going to explain what this rite here is in a moment, that on the eighth day all the male children after their birth would be circumcised, and we know what circumcision is. And... Uh, Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? That's the question. Is this blessedness that God will not impute righteousness? Does it come upon the Jews only, or does it also come upon the uncircumcision? That's the question. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. We just said that earlier in uh, verses. Uh, 1 and 2 and 3 tells that we just said that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And then it started talking about works, that he wasn't, that the works that he did wasn't what gave him his righteousness, but his belief in God gave him his righteousness. That's his faith. So verse 9 says, cometh this blessedness. And that blessedness again is those whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. And, uh, and the man um, on whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. And so we see this. Look at that. Uh, I, I want to finish reading it in this here. And it says, uh, uh, we read it. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whom spirit there is no guile. And so we know that our flesh 
is full of sin, but our spirit, there's no guile in it. Our soul has been cleansed. That's why, for example, when a person dies, the body, the flesh is put in the grave because it's sin riddled. But the soul is called into heaven because there's no guile in it. At the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will raise that dead body from the ground and it will be changed into an incorruptible body where there's no guile. And your soul, in which there's no guile, will then reunite with your body that is now has no guile in it. And that will be your eternal body that you'll have for an eternity in Beulah land. So the come of this blessedness, then upon the circumcision, or the Jew only, or upon the uncircumcision, or the Gentile also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. And then the question then is, how then was it reckoned? When he was in circumcision, or when he was in uncircumcision? Here's what Paul points out. When he was reckoned for righteousness, when he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness, he was uncircumcised. Go back and read the story. He was not yet circumcised when he believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. And then he gives the answer to the question in the next phrase, not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Before Abraham was circumcised, he believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. Verse number 11, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised. He had the righteousness of the faith because he believed God when he was yet uncircumcised. And then God gave him the sign of circumcision as a seal of that righteousness. You may understand baptism a little better if you understand what God did there with Abraham. here's the reason. I'm going to read verse 11 again to get down. Uh, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised. So, so that he could be the father of the Gentiles who are, are not circumcised, and the father of the Jews who were circumcised. God did it this way. He made him righteous before he was circumcised. This is what Paul's pointing out to these Romans and to us as we read this. Verse 12. Let's back up to verse 11, that second phrase. That he might be the father of them that believe 
though they be not circumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also walk in the steps of faith. That's you and I. If we walk in the steps of faith of our father Abraham. What was his steps of faith? He believed God. I told you I was going to challenge your faith today on believing God. He believed God. If we walk in those steps of the faith of Abraham and simply believe God, then he is our father. And we're counted to righteousness, not because of our works, but because of our faith. Because of what we believe. What do we believe? We believe God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. Abraham believed the scripture. Abraham believed what God said. That's what the scripture is. God says it. God spoke it. And God written it down. Some of the things that God spoke weren't written down for us. But yet we are told that he spoke it. So when you read in the New Testament, sometimes we're spoken of by the prophets. And then you read what the prophets spoke, and you go back and look in the Old Testament, and you try to find where it's written down, and you can't find it. And they say, well, it's an error in the Bible. No, it says the prophets spoke it. But the Bible says they spoke it, so we believe the Scripture that they did speak it. That's faith. That's faith in the Scripture. That's not an error in the Bible. That's faith in what God says. And the father of the circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also who also walk in the steps of faith of our father Abraham, which he being yet uncircumcised. For the promise, and here's the promise, uh, verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world. That's the promise that God gave to Abraham. He promised that he'd be the heir of the world. But it was not to Abraham or to his seed. You're the seed of Abraham, by the way, if you're saved. But it was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. You didn't receive that promise through the law but through the righteousness of faith, you believed it and simply believe in God. Now, I could read this verse 12 or 13. It says, for the promise that he should be the heir of the word was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through righteousness of faith. I could read it this way and be correct. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was to Abraham and to his seed through the righteousness of faith, by simply believing God. That's what Paul is telling these Romans. Four, verse 14. We got a four in verse 14. We got a because in verse 15, and we got a therefore in verse 16. Four, if they which are of the law, that's the Jews. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. 
if you receive the air through what you do for God, through your works, then faith is made void. Either you become an heir of God through faith, or you become an heir of God through works, not both. And it's not a combination of both. Because if you add works to it, it will make faith void. Many so-called Christian religions teach that you get saved and then you got to keep your salvation by living the law. Basically, you, if you sin, you lose your salvation, you got to get saved again. That makes grace or faith void. You cannot, works and faith have no connection between the two. It's completely by faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now I'm going to challenge you on that in just a second. On if you believe God. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, here's the end of it. It, That is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise, remember the promise, that's in verse 13 that he should be the heir of the world. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not not to that only which is of the law, that's the Jews, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, that's the Gentiles, who is the father of us all. Verse 17 says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Genesis chapter 17, verses four and five, God has written that down. We won't turn there, but you could turn there and read that if you'd like to, that that God made Abraham a father of many nations. His name was Abram to start off with in the book of Genesis. That means father. And God changed it to Abraham. Ham means many people. Many. And he became the father of many, the father of many nations. And his name was changed to Abraham. As is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. Now, here I've got to talk about very quickly. I'm going to talk about it. I won't turn there, but it's in Genesis chapter 22. About the story of Abraham and Isaac, his only son. We know the story. and God promised Abraham that he'd be the father of many nations. And uh, he didn't have a child. Sarah, his wife, didn't have a child. She was barren. He got up to be 100 years old, well past the barren age of a man. Sarah got up to be 90 years old, well past the barren age of a woman. And yet they believed God. They believed God that God could take something dead, and that was his seed that was in him because he is too old to pass seed now. And his wife 
her womb was too old to give birth to a child. But yet he believed God. Because God said it, he believed it was going to happen. There was no possible way for it to happen. There was nothing within the mind of a human, the abilities of a human, to even conjure up the fact that that would be possible. There was no doctors that could help them. All seemed to be lost from a human perspective. And yet Abraham believed God because God said so. It was still going to happen. You know, we look at this COVID-19 disease and, and we read Psalms 91 and we can't even grasp Psalms 91 and believe it. But not only that, Sarah conceived in his old age. She conceived and gave birth. They had a son named Isaac. It means, Isaac means happy. They were happy. They had a child. And then as the child grew, God says, Abraham, take that child, your only son. Take Isaac, thy son, thine only son, and take him up to the mountain. I want you to take fire. I want you to take uh, the knife. Uh, I want you to uh, take wood. I want you to go to the mountain. I want you to build an altar. I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac on that altar. That was his only son. That was his only seed. God had maybe given him that promise. Abraham said, okay. As you read the scripture, Abraham took his son Isaac, took him to the top of that mountain, built the altar, laid him on it, and he, as he raised the knife, God stopped him and provided, he said, provided himself a lamb, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, as some of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was caught in the thickets. And God said, take that lamb and sacrifice it. Abraham believed God. As we read the scriptures and here for one place, and in the book of Hebrews for another, we learned that Abraham believed God so much that if he would have killed Isaac, he believed Isaac would have been raised from the dead by God because God gave him that promise. Abraham believed God. How much do you believe God? We've got a great promise in Psalms 91 that we don't have to worry about this disease. God to protect us from it. Now look at verse 17. I told you the story. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. That seed of Isaac was going to prosper. Before him whom he believed, even God. You know, there's times when we have to believe God. 
We can't believe the world. We can't even believe our own eyes. Abraham had come to that point to where he was going to believe God and what God had promised him. That God would be able to perform it. Regardless if he slew his son Isaac or not, God was going to give him that promise through Isaac. And he believed 100% that God would raise Isaac from the dead. Look what it says. Who quickeneth the dead. That word quickeneth means take something that's dead and bring it back to life. That's an old English word that we don't use anymore. But it's a powerful word. The modern translators have tried to take that word and change it and they lose all the strength out of it, all the power out of it. He quickeneth the dead, takes the dead and bring it back to life. He did that with the seed of Abraham and the womb of Sarah. And he would have done the same thing. Abraham believed with the life, the very life of Isaac, his son. Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. There was no hope for him if he was going to kill Isaac. There's no hope that seed could continue. But he believed in hope because God had said he believed it. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken. God spoke it. And he believed it. It went against all principles. But since God spoke it, he believed it. You know, the Lord tells us that if we'll call upon him, he'll save us. Now, there's some people that call upon him for salvation that's so wicked and vile. We say there's no hope for them. But yet God spoke it. And if they'll believe that, God will save them. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. His own body was dead. But he didn't consider that. He, he wasn't capable of performing to impregnate his wife. His body was dead that way. He considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider that either. He was not weak in faith. But he believed that which was spoken by God. So shall thy seed be. And that he believed. He staggered not, verse 20, at the promise of God through unbelief. 
but was strong in the faith. Giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that which that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And that's salvation, folks, right there. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God spoke it, and he's able to perform it. Not according to your works, but according to what God spoke, what God said. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now you see what Abraham believed God when it looked impossible. Not only in his conception of Isaac with his wife Sarah, but in the sacrifice of him when he took him up to the mountain. Yet he believed God and what God said. I challenge you tonight, what kind of faith do you have? Do you believe that God is able to perform that which he has promised? Then go home and read Psalms 91 and look to what he's promised to those that abide under his wings. Verse 23, now it was not written for his sake alone. This is not written for his sake, just for for Abraham's sake. It's not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. This This story is being told to us right now by Paul for you and me. To whom it shall be imputed. What's that talking about? The righteousness of God will be imputed to us. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Who was delivered for our offenses. And raised again for our justification. If we have the belief and the faith that Abraham had. That when it looked impossible. God performed that which he spoke. And when we look at our salvation, and there's days that I don't feel saved, there's days that I feel wicked and and away from God, and there's no way that I'm a child of God. But yet I look and see what the Bible says, and I believe it. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and was raised for my justification. And so this is my life verse. What saith the scripture? The scripture says I'm saved. And I'm going to believe it. I don't care what another religion may say. I don't care what some pastor might stand up and try to preach. Or some 
teacher may stand to kind of stand up and take the scriptures and show you that you're, you can lose your salvation or show you this or show you that, I'm going to be like Abraham. I'm going to believe God. And I'm going to believe that my righteousness comes from, my salvation comes from my belief in the scriptures and what the scriptures had to say. And the scripture says that Jesus died for my sins and I called upon him for salvation. And he was raised to justify me by faith. Faith. Take care of your faith. Because remember, faith is the only way whereby we can obtain blessings. If we want blessings from God, nothing can bring them down but faith. Prayer cannot draw down answers from God, except it be the earnest prayer of the man who believes. James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Jesus says in Matthew 21, 22, And all things whatsoever you sh shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Take care of your faith. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith. Paul told Timothy, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, wrath and doubting. I read in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarded to them that diligently seek him. Faith, take good care of your faith. It's the angelic messenger between the soul and the Lord Jesus Christ is up in glory. You take that angel away, that angel of faith away, you can neither send up the prayer nor can you receive the answers. Faith is the telegraphic wire that links earth to heaven on which God's messages fly so fast down to us that before we call, he answers. And while he is yet speaking, he hears us. But if you snap that telegraphic wire of faith, how can we receive his promises? Am I in trouble? I can obtain help for my trouble by faith. Am I beaten by the enemy? My soul leans on him by faith. But take away the faith. In vain I call to God. There's no road between my soul and heaven except by faith. Faith links me with God. Faith clothes me with the power of God. Faith engages on my side the omnipotence of God Almighty.
Faith ensures every attribute of God and my defense. Faith helps me to defy the host of hell. Faith makes me march triumphant over mine enemies. But without faith, I can receive nothing of the Lord. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them, diligently seek him. Watch your faith. For with faith, you can win all things, no matter how poor you are, no matter how impossible the situation may look. And again, Abraham was in a couple of pretty impossible situations that we'll probably never in our life get into. And yet by faith, he believed God. And God performed what he said. Jesus says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible for him that believeth. Thank you.